Hello and welcome back to the Staley, the Staley Duddy. <laughs> welcome back to the daily study of the way of mastery. I'm Jason Amoroso, your guide. And today we are continuing our beginning of lesson five, the keys to the kingdom. And we're going to look at paragraphs five, six, seven, and eight, continuing with this idea of commitment. So let's look at what Jeshua says as he continues. The way of the heart, then, does indeed require the decision of commitment. I say unto you that when you wholly commit to discovering the way of the heart, you will discover a way of being in the world that is not here. You will discover a way of walking through life in which you experience being uplifted by something that seems to be forever beyond you, yet is within you as the core and the essence of your very being. Your way will not be understandable by the world. Your way will not even be comprehensible within yourself. You will be living from mystery moving from mystery to mystery to mystery, uplifted and carried by something that brings a satisfaction and a fulfillment to the depth of your soul, far beyond anything you can now imagine. I love this. This is two paragraphs, five and six, so let's break it down. Let's take a look. Talking again, it requires, there's no other way, the way of the heart requires co- the decision of commitment. So it's a decision, something I'm just deciding to commit to all in, not halfway in, not just like keeping the door, you know, open just a tiny crack, just in case of when things get uncomfortable or inconvenient, I can, I can leave. No, it's all in commitment. And this scares our ego, right? It scares the small self. Well, what if I go all in and it doesn't work out or I made the wrong decision and all the fear, right? Instead of all in with the heart and full faith, which you can do. That's what Jeshua is inviting us to do. He says, I say unto you that when you wholly commit to discovering the way of the heart, you'll discover a way of being in the world that is not here. Think about how the world operates. The world operates from ego, from, and that's just the sense of separation. It's just like so much a fabric of, of our existence, survival mode, scarce resources that everybody's competing against, scarce love that everybody's trying to get. Uh, it's just competition nonstop. It's just judgment nonstop. It's, Uh, fighting, making, forcing, efforting. That's so much of our current world. And he says, you'll discover a way of walking through life in which you experience being uplifted by something that seems to be forever beyond you. Like, oh, it's for, it feels like it's forever outside, not maybe, I guess outside of us, beyond us. Like God seems like such a big kind of concept and idea so expansive and vast, like our brain can't comprehend God, the universe, the, all, the, the infinite, all that is. But Jeshua says, yet it's within you as the core and the essence of your very being. It, it is you. And again, our brain doesn't really get this, and that's okay. We can still ask those questions and be curious, and yet when we are still and still ourselves and keep returning 
to our heart and keep returning in stillness and keep having an intention of opening, we start to taste and touch and not really tasting or touching, but we start to experience more and more this this love, this loving energy that is the essence of our being that our brain doesn't really get. And then you are in the world and not of the world. You're here, but you see through the illusion of separation. You see how the whole world is operating in survival mode and power, trying to get more power. You know, it's like money, sex and power. That's what drives the so many people in the world. And I don't know if you want to call that the patriarchy or you want to call it whatever you want to call it. Like that's what drives so much of the world right now, at least. And so being in the world, but not of the world, seeing through the illusion of it all. And Jeshua in paragraph six, he says, your way will not be understandable by the world because people are all the world is in the head. Think about it that way. Like when you live from the heart and you follow your instincts and your gut and your truth of what's right for you. Most people aren't going to most people are not going to get that. They're going to be like, why are you quitting your job at the Dodgers? That is like a dream job. You're 25. You've got, what, two kids now or your wife's pregnant with the second. Uh, You're not making that much money anyway because you're working in sports like that's so irresponsible. But following the heart can be seem irresponsible to others, can seem irrational or foolish to others, and yet we're being compelled. And yet there's something inside that's wanting to be a bigger expression of life through us that we maybe even can't see. Most of the times we can't see it, but we feel it, and it takes courage to trust. So your way when you follow from the heart is not understandable. Forgiving, 77 times 7, not demonizing or making people who think differently or look differently or believe differently than you do evil or wrong or bad and trying to divide. We're trying to convince anybody of what you believe and that yours is the right way. Your way is not understandable by the word. Your way will not even be comprehensible within yourself, meaning you won't get it in the brain. It won't make sense. Because it's not of the brain, it's not of the world. The way of the heart is of the heart. And that's a whole different experience of being, a whole different vibration. And Jeshua says, you'll be living from mystery. Our brain, so much of our life is trying to figure out, solve problems. How do I pay my mortgage? How do I keep my kids safe and make sure that they're trying to be happy? How can I uh, you know, make my partner happy? How can I be happy? What do I need to do to feel better in my body? What, are, you know, all of the, what do I need to do to have a secure retirement? All of these things. What, how can we make this world a better place? It's problem-solving nonstop, trying to predict the future, worrying about things that we don't control or can't control. Bringing the past into every experience, all the pains, all the traumas, all the all the injustices, all the things. And then trying to say, what do I need to do to change that, to make sure that doesn't happen again, to fix this thing or this person or this group of people over here. They're the problem. They're the reason the world is the way it is. And we just victimize ourselves over and over and over again and victimize others when we don't see them as 
perfect, whole, complete divine beings, when we see them as humans that are fragile and frail and not resourceful, we're just victimizing them as well. And so Jeshua is saying when you live from the heart, you live from mystery. The brain doesn't get it. It's not about analyzing or solving problems. And we've all had those experiences. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're reading and studying The Way of Mastery or A Course in Miracles or on any spiritual path, you you know that, that there is a mystery of life that you can't explain. And science uh, or many people that think that science is like, oh, science is a thing. Like science says this. Science is a, as far as I understand, a way of studying and looking and observing and testing, like having a, a hypothesis and then testing it out. But we also know from this research, from these ideas and hypotheses that as far as, again, quantum physics, as much as I know about it, is that the nature of something changes when it's observed. And so, quote unquote, science is always changing. The science used to say that the world was flat and then they discovered that it wasn't. So then the science changed. So science has just become another religion that people get so closed to and don't question when science was all about questioning. Well, let me see. Is that true? Let me look at that. Let me let me try something different. Let me experiment. Oh, I got a different thing. So it's always changing. And that's what the mystery is like. Science doesn't explain why grass grows. Well, yeah, it's the chlorophyll and it's the sunlight and it's the soil. But what makes all of that happen? That's the mystery. (laughs) And we're so uncomfortable residing in the mystery of our own life. And I think it's in A Course in Miracles. Like Jesus says in A Course in Miracles, like you don't really know anything. You don't. You think you know, but you don't know anything. And our brains like to try and quantify the world and make everything known. Because when everything is known, then we feel safe. We feel like we have a sense of security in this world when I know, when I can predict what's going to happen or have a good sense. I can minimize my risk, mitigate my risk. So let me know all the variables. Let me get all the information. Then I'll then I'll feel a little more certain or I'll feel like I'm making the right decision. I'm playing the odds. So our brain likes to do it because our brain likes to think it keeps us safe because we're identifying with a body mind. When we, when we don't identify with a body mind, but we identify with our true soul self, we know we're already safe. We, we know we're already guided. We already know that whatever decision we make uh, leads us more and more home because the Holy Spirit's going to use whatever decision we make for us, no matter what, even if it seems like a bad idea or a mistake. Or, oh, crap, in hindsight, I should have done this or that. The Holy Spirit's going to use whatever decisions that we make. So I, I just see so many people like paralyzing themselves by not making decisions because they're so afraid to make the wrong one. It's a, the mystery. You will live when you live from the heart. You will live from the mystery. Mystery to mystery to mystery. Scary as F to our thinking brain and our intelligence but the intelligence and wisdom of our heart knows that we're we're perfectly safe. We're always guided. And Jeshua says, uplifted and carried by something that brings a satisfaction of and a fulfillment to the depth of your soul. Far beyond anything you can now imagine. See, even Jeshua, like the like even Jeshua can't use the words to really describe what this thing is. He calls it a mystery. He says, he says something that seems to be forever beyond you. 
And he says, something that brings a satisfaction and a fulfillment to the depth of your soul. So he's even saying something. Well, what the heck is a something? Like even he, like there's no words to explain. And it's not about explaining. There's no words that can provide the depth of that, of what he's talking about, which is God, which is the love. It's like indescribable. So he uses the word something far beyond anything you can now imagine, because what we can imagine while totally expansive is still limited because it's still our little brain thinking stuff up. So embrace and enjoy the mystery of life. That's the way of the heart. And the world, F no, man. I'm saying F, I would normally curse, but then I got to put an explicit link on this. (laughs) But it's like the world doesn't get that. The world is all about the known. All right, let's continue paragraph seven. Is it worth it to commit to the way of the heart? Yes, he says that with exclamation point. It culminates with the recognition that you do not live life at all, but rather that life, and he's saying life with a capital L, it culminates with the recognition that you do not live life at all, but rather that life is living you. One of its characteristics is the development of the witness, a quality of consciousness, a way of being in which you seem to be witnessing everything that arises and flows through you and around you from a place of utter stillness. Now, this is so beautiful, and this is what the idea of meditation is all about, is dropping into a place of stillness and developing, Jeshua uses that word, developing the witness, observing your thoughts, observing your emotions, seeing your life playing out, and not being so in it and so attached and identified with your life. Because not really your life. That's what Jeshua is saying. And the ego hates this. What? Because the ego is all about like self, personal self versus universal self. No, I'm a me. I'm unique. I'm X, Y, Z. And there's a sense of like importance that we all have inside. And Jeshua is saying, The recognition, the way of the heart will culminate with the recognition that you do not live life at all. Our brain thinks we live life. But again, this is life with a capital L. And life is living you. Get out of the way and allow life to live you. We block it so much. And are we really even blocking it? Maybe we're not. But it feels like we do. When we're living in fear, we're, you know, to use the analogy that Jeshua used in Lesson 4, it's like the elixir, the magic elixir of life that wants to flow through the stem up into the petals to then radiate beauty. And then how we block it off with fear and we twist up the, you know, the rose so the elixir doesn't really quite get to the petals to really radiate and shine. Life is living you. That goes against everything our ego wants to do in terms of controlling everything, managing the mystery. You don't have to manage the mystery. You can't actually manage the mystery. You think you can. You try to keep safe. We all, not you, you, the general you, the we, the I, we try, try to keep safe by managing the mystery. Especially as a parent. Oh, man, I fall into this and I see so many parents falling into this like, I want my kid to be happy. Who are you to want your kid to be happy? 
And I get it. Yeah, well, I'm their parent. They came from me. I made them. Really? You made you made your kids, did you? How did you how did you make your kids? How? Tell me. Even even you know the women where the babies are grown. Yes, with all reverence and respect and love of the miracle of the body. But how did you do that? What did you do? to make the baby. You didn't. It was the mystery of life. It's the mystery. Each I've got four kids. Each one is so different. It's the mystery. I'm not trying to make them into something. It's not my job to make them happy. But I'm here to sh- I'm here to share with them. I'm here to love them. I'm here to share with them what I've learned. I'm here to encourage them to find their own light, to find their own desires, what brings them alive, and then to encourage them to have the courage, I guess that's what encourage means, to go for that, to create that, and to see all of the limiting beliefs. And maybe I gave them, that's how it works, right? The parents give their kids, you know, they don't give them, but you know what I mean. Like we had, we get so many of our limiting beliefs from our parents, and our parents are well-intentioned. They're trying not trying to f us up. I'm not trying to f up my kids, but I'm sure they're gonna have, they're gonna have quote unquote issues because of me and stuff that I did that they didn't like or limiting beliefs they got from me around money or time or your dreams or sex or love or whatever it is. I'm not trying to do that, but that's the nature of this game with these roles that we're playing. So it's all for the learning. We've all have soul contracts, especially with our kids and our family. But it's the mystery. You, you, it's not your job as a parent to make your kids into anything, to make sure that they're happy. That's your own fear. If we're so obsessed with trying to make sure our kids are happy all the time or even fulfilled, who are we? Like Sometimes we learn through our deepest suffering what fulfillment really means. So just holding that loving space and knowing who they are as a divine wave, that they're perfect, that they're whole, that they came into this experience for a reason and they're learning from it. And we do the best that we can. And it's a mystery. Man, I got off on a tangent. (laughs) But life is living you and developing the witness. A quality of consciousness, Jeshua says, it's a way of being, witnessing, observing what's happening, not just outside of you. Oh, I'm observing this traffic and what other people are, how they're reacting to. I'm observing this road rage. I'm observing this person on their phone while they should be paying attention. It's not just outside, it's inside. Where? What's happening inside of me? Where are my judgments? Where's my attention? How am I reacting inside to this road rage? Or to somebody cutting me off or to somebody not paying attention. And Jeshua says, it's a way of being in which you seem to be witnessing everything that arises and flows through you and around you from a place of stillness. And meditation is a beautiful tool, practice to develop that sense of witness. And in so many ways, our modern life is is um, creating an environment that just makes it more difficult. There's more temptation, so to speak, with the phone. And the way it's designed, the way people have designed our phones, our TV, advertising, messaging, marketing, all of it to keep us wanting the next thing, quick, short bursts of attention, less and less, quick, 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 swipe, 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 dopamine, 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 dopamine. All of it. 
is designed to keep us distracted. It's designed to keep our attention on the outside, on the things that we lack. Oh, I need a better body. All these messages of how my body's not good enough. All these messages of how I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough. So I need something. I need to buy that thing out there. I need that. that that's going to keep my attention. But there's a place where you can access of utter stillness, developing this witness and going within. And let's read, let's, let's read this. This is the last one. We'll go paragraph eight. Jeshua says, stillness does not mean non-activity. It does mean non-attachment to activity, whether it be the arising and falling away of cancer in the body, the arising and falling away of relationship, or the rising and falling away of a solar system. Now, this paragraph is huge. Maybe I shouldn't have started it at the 20-minute mark, but let's let's do it anyway. So many people misunderstand stillness as non-activity. Oh, stillness means I do nothing. Or we live in this, a lot of people are like, hustle culture, you got to work, 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 and then I get burned out. So there's this pushback against what what is being called hustle culture with do less. And so I'm going to do less and and expect more or expect the results of doing less. And so then I start to do less and nothing's happening. And so then I get resentful or I get jaded or or whatever. And stillness does not mean that you're not active. You're not just sitting around doing nothing. You can I was talking about this with a coaching client who's working through this very idea. Of, well, I'm so active I because the in this person's uh, ideology and belief system, you got to work, work, work to prove your worth, which is a misunderstanding, right? If I'm not working, then I'm not valuable and I'm not even worthy of existing like that. That's unconsciously what's running this person's life. And so they're working themselves to the bone, meaning they're constantly in motion and activity trying to be productive because that is in a lot of in a lot of parts of the world and cultures that's valued you're valuable if you're productive and if you're not you're not valuable and that's a misunderstanding your personal worth is not at stake here but that's so many people think your personal worth depends on what you do and what you create and what you produce and so we're talking about this idea uh, in this person's life that when you access and trust life more when you can de- when you can detach your personal value from what you're doing and you don't have that misunderstanding operating anymore sometimes you're just as active you could call it busy but like you're you're doing just as much as you were before but it's not from the same place you're not doing to prove your value and your worth you're doing to express and extend and create in the world from a totally different internal place. And you can do that from a place of stillness. So stillness inside does not mean non-activity outside. It means non-attachment to the activity. So I could take even more action. I could be even fuller and busier with my time, but I don't care. My worth is not at stake. So I'm not attached to if my activity is producing results. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the activity. 
because it brings me joy, because it brings me alive to share my gifts and to create and expand. And Jeshua uses these extreme examples. A rising and falling away of cancer in the body. Again, Jeshua is not like, oh, cancer is bad. And if you die, you didn't heal. That's not what this is about. That's not his message because he is not identifying as the body. He's not he's not speaking to us, the small self that does identify as the body. So look, oh, cancer came and it and it fall it fell away. And you might have, you know, your body might have gone too, but you're not the body. So he's not like tippy toeing around this topic. The arising and falling away of relationship, as heartbreaking and painful as that can be, he's not speaking to that small, limited sense that thinks it gets its love from another person. It's like, oh, look, 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 you know, if you've been following what, what you know, Jeshua has been talking about, he'd be like, oh, look at that. The relationship is over. Look what I created. Now, now what else do I want to create? Now, what else do I want to experience? not lamenting the loss. But if you lament the loss and you need to grieve, by all means, feel those feelings. Allow those emotions to pass through so they're not stuck. Because when we allow them to pass through and we we give them that space to move, underneath it all is always this love eternal that Jeshua is bringing into us. You know, he's, he's sharing with us. And the last piece, he says, the falling, the rising and falling away of a solar system, even something as epic as a solar system can rise and fall away and not be attached to it because it's form. It's form. Jeshua is not attached to form because under the form is the substance that is life eternal. That is the ocean, the mysterious ocean of love. And the form may come and go. The wave comes and goes, but the essence, the ocean itself is eternal. And so we get so attached to the form, to the job, to the relationship, to the body, to our identity. That's where we suffer, attachment to the form. So stillness does not mean non-activity. It does mean non-attachment to activity, non-attachment to form. So that's where we'll complete today. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. If you get value, like, subscribe, share. Uh, If you want to give me feedback, if you're enjoying this, if there's something that you're not enjoying about it, send me an email. Hello at revelationbreathwork.com. I always appreciate hearing from you guys and we'll see you next time.